2: back into another edition of the fourth man pod i'm anthony as always i'm joined alongside my co-host will aka big three news who is the best big three account in the universe happy holidays everybody this is episode 50 crazy to think that we actually have 50 episodes under our belt even crazier to think will that when i started this i always knew at some point i would have a co-host but I just never knew who it was going to be, and it's crazy what? to think that you've pretty much been here since the beginning. Outside of the first episode, I kind of just did myself, so, you know, congrats to us congrats. for 50 episodes. Huge milestone. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, huge milestone for us, so... Um,
0: Absolutely huge. I never thought we'd make it to this point.
2: Yeah, halfway to 100, so appreciate everyone who's tuning in. Hope everyone had a good holiday, or I should say a good Thanksgiving, and... Has a good holiday season so far. Will, how how was your holiday? How was Thanksgiving for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving was fantastic for me, but I feel like, you know, what was even better for me, I enjoyed today, I would say, even more. This morning, I was blessed with a Dave Filoni masterclass. You want to talk about Hallmark episodes? This was a Hallmark episode, Anthony. Nice. It It had action. It had Ahsoka. It had the child. It had the man. Okay. The you know what I'm talking man. about, Anthony, Let me ask you this question, Anthony. Who are we meeting at the temple next episode? Is it going to be Ezra? Is it going to be Cal Kestis? Is it going to be Mace Windu? Is it going to be Luke? Is it going to be somebody that we've never heard before? What do you think, Anthony? I've been dying to ask you this all day. Because I know how into this you are. Who do you think <laughs> we're meeting at the temple
2: I next mean, episode? Just based on those names, man. I gotta, I, I, people are probably thinking I'm actually really into this, but if they watch the YouTube portion of this, they'll realize that I, I'm very confused here for the most part. However, that being said, I've always thought I gotta meet Mace Windu at some point. So, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Mace Windu as, as Will exits the
0: screen thing. No, I mean, I think you're right. I think it's gonna happen. I think it could happen.
2: <laughs> Mace Windu at the temple. I I have no idea what that means, but either that's way, that's fine. I, I'm glad that it put a smile on your face. I thought you were going to say like you did some big Black Friday shopping or something, and you
0: just no. I actually have to do that tonight. I so I feel like everyone was saying like you know uh, oh it didn't feel like Thanksgiving this year, which whatever, fine. Yeah, you know what I mean I whatever, do your own. I didn't feel like Black Friday. I was hanging out today, and like, oh, did you do any Black Friday shopping today? I'm like, today's Black Friday? Yeah. It did not, I don't know, man, this COVID does not feel like a nice American Black Friday.
2: Yeah, talk about that. Macy's Day Parade, that was a little bit of I I didn't
0: watch. I didn't
2: watch. I, I'm sure you weren't the only person that didn't watch. No. It, was, it was a little bit of a setting. Um, nonetheless, it was good that we got to spend at least a little bit of time with family, and hope everyone who's listening or watching got to do the same here. Before we get into this episode, if you want to follow the show as always, it's at man pod at Big3News. is obviously the best Big 3 account in the universe to follow. And then my personal is at A underscore Siggy. And if you're tuning in for the first time on Dash Radio or if you're a repeat listener, thanks for coming back or thanks for listening. We appreciate you tuning in and we appreciate Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel for giving us the opportunity. going to be a pretty short first half. We had a, a Great guest on in the second half with our pretty much our draft analyst at this point, Liam Blutman, where we talked about um, the draft after the the, the next day um, after the draft. Uh, what, it was,
0: what an electric interview!
2: Yeah, <laughs> that, Liam was, electric. that guy just knows what he's talking about. It's just he's just
0: he. I feel like you know, very rarely I would say very rarely, but rarely in life I guess you find someone that's really on your wavelength. Mm-hmm. He's on our
2: way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's like, why he, yeah. that's why he's so perfect and sousa's show he's a, he's so a well. Keeper. He's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can keep him around there. We'll just pull him. Pull him out whenever. <laughs> so it was great stuff there. But before we get into that, we gotta talk a little bit about what we saw over the past week here. And that was kind of a, a interesting tweet that we saw from Big Three yes. co founder Jeff Kwanowitz. And, Will, you actually pointed this out to me. Uh, I I didn't actually realize um, that he had tweeted, because it's been a while since we've actually heard something just in regards to the big three. But he said there's some big three news coming. and Coming soon.
0: On the horizon. Jeff, I mean, we've known this, right? Jeff always, and we've talked about on this podcast, Mm -hmm. Jeff always sprinkles out little tidbits of information. Right before usually something big happens, normally if you go back, after they make a big announcement, normally you go back to Jeff's account, and he's been hinting on it for a little bit. And you're like, oh, now I know know what what those tweets meant. But this, this is just straight up like not really a hint or tease. It's just straight up just like, get ready because (laughs) we're finally getting some big three news, which, thank God. I mean, thank God.
2: Yeah, seriously. I mean, he said it's going to be the best summer coming up. And yeah, like you were saying, I mean, most recently, the one I remember was the Zach Randolph news. He kind of hinted around talking about Mm -hmm. Memphis Put two and two together. We saw all the smoke, and then boom, Zach Randolph is the captain of Trilogy. And I'm sure we'll expect more of that as we get closer to the season. But it's great to hear that there's going to be something on, like, that there's news that they've been talking about this because it's something that we've discussed, I think, over this kind of two year hiatus, one year hiatus here. That, you know, we didn't know with so much going on, we didn't know if there was anybody discussing, you know, what the plans were. For the big three, it was kind of something that was on the back burner until they could figure out what was going on with every other league. So it's great to hear that there's going to be that there's something in the works and it's going to be a great big three summer. Ice Cube said he expected it back in 2021. And that looks like what's going to happen here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're at least making an effort to right. Yeah, Um, it looks like at least the plan is right now for there to be a season which wasn't always confirmed. So it sounds like it's definitely confirmed now, not just from Ice Cube, but also from the other uh, co-founder, co right? Co-owner of the league. So, you know, I'm just glad to see this. Um, I think also too, if you look at it, it you know, he says next summer. So it sounds like we're definitely getting, it's confirmed to be a summer schedule. So like yeah. Anthony and I have sort of been talking about, we sort of talked about with uh, Dion Glover when we had him on, you know, how are you going to make this fit? So I think it's probably going to be different than what we've seen I mean who knows I feel like every time I try and get a get a hold on what what they're doing or at least my opinions, it's usually something different so they could very well just be like screw it this is the summer of the big three and we're gonna go against the NBA in the NFL who knows and they could be very successful or you know they might play a couple games a week or maybe do like a bubble bubbleville sort yeah. of what college is doing right now so I don't know we're, we're, we're gonna see
2: Hey, you're the inside source. You got the scoop. So
0: let me let me tell you we're something. We're waiting for if your words. <laughs> if I knew something, if I knew something, uh, you'd all know. I know nothing.
2: I feel like you're the you're like the outside of the big three version of Jeff. You like to tease stuff.
0: I, I don't I tease like,
2: anything. I, I feel like you're hiding information. Here. What
0: have I ever teased? What have I ever teased?
2: We don't know because you're always hiding information.
0: I'm not hiding information. <laughs> Okay. I will say, <laughs> No, really. I have nothing. No, I know. I'm kidding. If you want, if you want to, like, like you know, I like, I literally have nothing.
2: I'm just outside chops. of
0: this. Outside of this, I have nothing.
2: <laughs> God, this is getting really dark. <laughs> I will say that the Jeff tweet it does seem to be directly correlated to like the Big Three season because obviously we've expected yeah, yeah. the reality show to. Potentially, still be something in the works for March because they have that partnership with.
0: That could very well be the news that's happening. Yeah, I mean that that could be the news that's happening.
2: It could, it could, it could be that
0: some sort of.
2: I mean, it could be something. something. It could be that the reality show is moving from March to the summer. You know, maybe. What do
0: you? Yeah. What? Let's 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 do this. Let's put pen to paper. What do you think the announcement's going to be? I got to think because I, I'll tell you right now and I'll, I'll say this and I said it before. I don't know. I, I, you know I mean like when I, when I'm about to say with my guesses, is, they're just genuine guesses. I really yep. don't know. Being for you the same. I, you don't know. I don't. Nobody knows. The players don't know either. Yeah. I, would. I asked a couple. They don't know. <laughs>
2: oh, you did. Well, that's good. I mean, yeah. So it seems like everyone's kind of in, you know, in the dark here a little bit. Because to me personally, like everyone's like, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, to me personally, I think it's going to be thing, something very general. I think it's going to be when they expect to start. Okay. Maybe how many games they expect to play, what the schedule looks like. Remember, they still have their their deal with CBS.
0: So you think formatting?
2: I think it's a little bit of the format and yeah. when it's going mean, to be played. I mean, I think it's that very make general.
0: Sense. Because, that would makes sense because CBS, like you just said, is probably like, all right, like what are we doing here? What is this going to look like?
2: Yeah. They
0: have, they have to plan out, you know, what uh, – you know, what the time slots are going to get and all the dates Mm -hmm. and stuff. So you're right. So those are the things that have to sort of be figured out, you know, uh, you know, ahead of time. Yeah. Way ahead
2: of time. And I think the leeway that the, that CBS has given the big three, because I do think that with a large deal on the table, that there's a little bit of, uh, antiness and, and question marks like, okay, we're, we're going to go through with this because we saw such an uptick last year, but, you know, we, we're going to need something in next year. We're going to need some kind of plan to ha- how to make this work because, you know, at some point we're going to have to put something on TV. You know, we're going to have to get our ratings back up for that that right. summertime slot there. So um, I have a feeling that maybe Jeff has been the, maybe the one a little bit more hands-on with it. I don't know. Uh, it's don't know. it's interesting. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you feel like it's going to be something general or do you have something a little I mean, bit more elaborate?
0: I, I almost like agree with you. Where, like, it has to be some sort of, like, you know, like, what is this going to look like? Because as soon as... Because you think about where we would be in a normal schedule, right?
1: Yeah. And
0: this would be, you know, maybe a couple of uh, splash alerts are coming out every once in a while, Mm -hmm. you know. But normally this would be the down period. So I feel like now is normally when stuff is happening behind the scenes. That's very true. Right? Mm -hmm. Now is when players are, like, making the phone calls and being like, are you interested? Are you not? You know, doing a little bit of recruiting, and then I'm sure guys are like, "Well, you know, what is the big three going to look like? Mm -hmm. Is it happening? Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, is it a bubble? Is it not? So I think as soon as the big three comes out and they say, "This is what it's going to look like," who's interested, right? Yeah, then I think you're going to get guys who some guys are like, "I'm in," I'm not.
2: Yeah, and I think you know, you've already had some guys that are kind of just just kind of going for it. You know, we've, oh, yeah. we've, we've okay. got some we, guys got, that are committed. Oh, they're yeah. like, it doesn't matter what the format looks like. I yeah. just want a ball. I just want to hoop. I just want to be a part of this league. You know, for me, it would be great. You know, this is like me thinking very optimistically, but I would okay. love if they were coming out with like an announcement of all of that. Then they're like, Oh yeah, we've also signed this guy, this guy, and this guy. I mean, that'd be crazy. You know, that would be as crazy. part of the season, kind of yeah. almost like, um, like the inauguration season when they announced that they got Kenyon Martin and AI and stuff. Right,
0: like right off the bat. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, optimistically. I would, that would make sense. That's what I'm that's what I'm dreaming of at night. That would definitely make sense. Looking at but I do think it'll be something general. And I do think that, you know, they're kind of at a point where they're maybe their backs are against the walls a little bit. You know, they they do yeah, have to yeah, a little bit, they a little do bit. have to put a product out. And I think that was always what they're anticipating to do just now. Maybe they, maybe CBS was like, hey, we need some word. Jeff was like, all right, <laughs> big news coming for you. <laughs> big three news coming for you. Yeah. It's going to be a great summer. And then,
0: I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that whatever is going to be announced was probably decided or, or, you know, figured out a while ago. Yeah. Just a matter of the, you know, yeah, figuring out. But I, I am interested to see what it is just for the matter of the fact that the players don't know.
2: Yeah, no, that's you know? pretty and, crazy.
0: And, and these are players that would know.
2: Mm-hmm. And I right. think the bubble is going to make make or break some people. You know, I agree.
0: You know, I agree. I mean, something- we already know Dwayne Wade yeah. didn't want to be in a bubble. He didn't want to so be- if the big three is in a bubble, then we could probably that's you know that puts a big damper on the Dwayne Wade hype train.
2: We'll say, and I know these guys are pro athletes, so it's probably just in their their daily routine. But we have seen a lot of those big three guys grinding, working out. We have. We have, and it's just just kind of interesting that it's kind of lining up with the timeline of, of how things would normally go. You know, I know those guys are constantly working, but we've just seen it more, I guess, on you know on their social medias, kind of showing a little bit more than than maybe we have, you know, over the past few months or so. So, um, all that being said, it's it's good to hear that there's going to be some news soon, and you know we'll keep you updated as we continue to learn more and more about what's to come for the next summer. Until then, it's, it's still speculation season. It, it's been about two years in running now, and with the NBA draft just concluding and with the rules changing where, where the age was lowered, we thought it'd be perfect to bring in our guy, Liam Blutman, who can explain a little bit more about these draft prospects, especially the ones that went undrafted, And see if there's maybe some college seniors that would be a great fit to kind of take the quote-unquote Joe Johnson route. So let's get to it. Appreciate everyone who's tuning in. And let's get to Liam Blutman, our NBA draft analyst here on The Fourth Man. All right, on this week's episode, we are bringing in our quote-unquote draft analyst of The Fourth Man, reporter Liam. Also Liam Blutman. He has been on the show Previously, we talked about the draft and maybe some guys that would fit the, the mold of, you know, 22-year-olds to go from college to the big three and then to the NBA. But, William, appreciate you coming on. How was, how was the draft for you last night?
1: Thank you for having me. The draft was interesting. There was, there was a lot of good stuff, but, you know, with the NBA draft, there's a lot to be disappointed about, including all the people that go undrafted. And hopefully we'll see some in the big three eventually.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it, I felt like it wasn't shaken up enough at the top how, you know, the media or TV was kind of anticipating for it. But kind of in the middle of that first round, I felt like it got really hectic between like who was trading for who and trades that have already been agreed on and and then being traded to somebody else. So it was pretty confusing. But I guess let's just start with a general question. You know, I feel like the headlines last night were like LaMelo going to Charlotte and LaVar and MJ <laughs> potential one-on-one coming soon. Oh, I, the, lo- <laughs> I would say the other two that were probably big, at least at the top, were Patrick Williams going at four, being a little bit higher than expected, and Tyrese Halliburton going in, or going a little bit later at 12 to Sacramento, and then also going to a team that already has a point guard. Outside of those three like big topics, what surprised you the most about last night's draft?
1: I think I was really surprised to see Jalen Smith go top 10. I, that's somebody i really enjoyed watching at maryland and just seeing him get rewarded that high was really cool to see because I, I didn't know much like going in and i i just know that he wasn't regarded as a top prospect like that but seeing him go up there was really dope uh the pac 12 like dominating that was cool to see how many guys got picked isaiah stort went higher than like the consensus rankings and mocks I felt like everybody was a lot lower on him than they should be. So it was really – it was good to see him uh, get a good landing spot in Detroit that high.
0: 100%. I feel like – I feel like because of the lack of March Madness from this year, I feel like (coughs) for me especially because I'm not like you, right, so I'm a complete casual when it comes to college basketball to begin with. But the fact that we didn't even have a March Madness tournament, like I didn't even know who half of these guys were. And I feel like, you know, if you look at the top five, it was like a kid from Australia or a kid who played in Australia, a kid from Israel, a kid who got suspended three games into the season, and then someone who played on like a terrible Georgia team. So is that a reflection of this draft class as a whole, do you think? Like, do you think this is just a weak draft class or do you think it's just because of casuals like me who I haven't been able to see these guys and get to know them and really there are some gems here?
1: I feel like for sure no NCAA tournament was huge because there was no buzz surrounding a player that, that, you know, a lot of people could fall in love with in March. And then really like, you know, yeah, like how Georgia was terrible. That's for sure. All they did. Well, they upset somebody. I forget who maybe it was Kentucky. And then, it was
2: Memphis early on when they had Wiseman. Or maybe after they had Wiseman left, but anyways.
1: Maybe. I, 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 I think it was Kentucky. There was an SEC game and like Ant-Man went off. Uh, <laughs> and, and then it was uh, in Maui, they upset Michigan State because Anthony puts up 33 in the second half. He was literally unconscious. Like, it for those that watch that game, I know that they held true to sticking with uh, Edwards the whole year and watching him and how, how things would unravel. Uh, I would have felt the same with Obi, though, because he also dominated in, in that Maui tournament. But, yeah, No March Madness <laughs> killed so many, like, storylines we could have had, I guess. I don't know. It's, But I do feel like the media – over exaggerated I don't think that the class was as bad um I think that was evident when you get into the late first and second rounds and there's all these good players going off the board in their opinion and there's good players not getting picked and they're kind of like tripping like yo this guy's gotta get picked whatever but they were talking about how it's a bad class so a bad class is there really going to be that much depth it, it, to compare whatever class the Anthony Ben one was was that thirteen, was that f- I think f- so yeah okay if it feels thirteen for anybody to ever compare a draft class like that that hasn't uh had one game played yet commuted comm- <laughs> yeah I don't know it, to <laughs> I can't say that word I, love, I, I don't know why i try to use
0: you it. are about this I love how just up you
1: are. yeah <laughs> that i should not try to say that um <laughs> i don't know to to compare a draft class to a 13 draft class when there hasn't been one minute played amongst right. any player is criminal like that draft class is so bad please just wait till now, four or five years down the road, if there isn't one good player from the class, know, that class stinks. <laughs> it, it's so rude to these players. Right. Yeah. So you,
0: you have to at least give them a chance, right? Especially in, with everything that's happened. Like, how are you really going to judge a class? <laughs> number one, out of the gates, but number two, how are you going to judge this class? Like, you have classes in the past because of no March Madness. Because, like, a guy like James Wiseman, I said last night, hasn't played organized basketball in over a year. You know, which I don't know how true that is. But still, at least on the, the, the COVID record, he hasn't played organized basketball in over a year. So, you know, you're right. I, I don't think you can make any judgments. Um, but I feel like, especially from sort of the angle that we're attacking this at, that just means that there's a ton of guys, a ton of hidden gems, that maybe weren't picked up like, you know, guys like, you know, second round gems guys you think of in the past, like the Draymond greens, the Isaiah Thomas's even like the Kendrick nuns, right. From last year's draft who went undrafted. So who let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Who are those guys do you think?
1: I think Isaiah Joe at 49 to Philly. I think that was a, a steal because I think he's the best shooter in the draft. I know a lot of people were saying uh Neesmith from Vandy, but I, I watched Isaiah Joe for two years and he just lights out knockdown. Um uh, how I feel like that should be a priority in this league and be a first round pick, but I guess not. So at 49, I think that's a really good pickup. Uh Cassius Winston at fifty three because you got four year senior, gonna come in. He'll he'll come in off the bench, uh, of course, in in Washington, but you've got a really good leader, good floor general who can shoot. He's gonna pass. He's gonna make those around him better. He's gonna elevate everybody's game. Good locker room guy. I, I somebody like that shouldn't be going in the fifties. Like that's <laughs> just not right they're drafting strictly off of potential and stuff, but these are the kind of players that, you know, have big roles and, and are so important in the playoffs and stuff. So Especially I really like team. Cassius. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, love Cassius. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he'll, he'll make an impact for sure in, in DC.
2: I guess I'm a little confused when you, when you, so you bring up Cassius Winston because another guy I felt like was kind of in a similar mold. Maybe a little bit better shooter shooter was Peyton Pritchard, who a lot of people had projected going in the second round. He goes twenty-six to Boston. Why do you feel like Pritchard went so high compared to Cassius Winston? Which when essentially, you know, those are two <laughs> four year guys with a lot of leadership experience, make those round them better. what what is the difference between Pritchard and then Cassius Winston there?
1: Uh, I mean I'm for not you, exa- maybe there's not. I'm not exa- I really like Pritchard too and I I didn't think he would go in the first and that was another really cool pick to see. Like he's just maybe it's his craftiness and his sneaky athleticism. There uh, one of his like favorite moves is to drive and then he'll it looks like he's going out of bounds and kind of just flips the ball behind his back as two defenders collapse on them and leaves the big wide open under the rim for an easy layup or dunk, he pulled that move off so many times. Uh, I, I don't know. I really like Pritchard. I just, I think he, where he went is okay. I just don't think where Cassius went is, is yeah. okay.
2: Agreed. And I think, you know, Pritchard, maybe shooting was a uh, prioritized, maybe just, I, I, I In my opinion, I think Pritchard's a better shooter maybe than Cassius Winston.
1: Yeah, he's definitely Um, got more range. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's someone too, Anthony, who maybe um, benefited from (coughs) having such a shortened season. Because I feel like he was sort of in the national spotlight. He was sort of the talk of the town when everything shut down. Yeah. I feel like maybe him in an elongated season or maybe even him in like a tournament setting, you sort of maybe would have seen those uh, kinks in the armor a little bit in his game. But we really didn't get the chance to see that.
2: Yeah, that's true. It
0: looks like a cassius Winston, you know. Sure. And
2: I think Peyton Pritchard benefited maybe from the previous tournament. I think Oregon went yeah. to a Final Four that yeah. year. So maybe he benefits from that a little bit. I think two what was pretty surprising about this draft. No blue bloods in, in the lottery. And have anybody from Kansas, Kentucky, um, Duke, and I'm missing one there. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, UNC. Man and UNC UCLA. not and not in the lottery Cole Anthony was probably the closest there going up there at 15 but just outside the lottery and those blue boys do you feel like there's somebody in this draft class um you know from those four schools that you're kind of keeping an eye on or you thought maybe went a little too
1: late I thought Maxie went late I know he went 21st another guy to Philly I I I don't know I think that was a lottery pick based strictly off of his potential he's a bit he was a bit selfish but he was working on that and he wasn't getting as selfish down at the end of the season um I mean he didn't shoot that well but he's a much better shooter than he showed he's extremely confident he'll be taking uh shots in the clutch for sure I I don't know. I just feel like he's better than going 21, and I don't think we saw the real Tyrese Maxi at Kentucky. I, I think that's somebody we look at in a few years, and we wonder why he didn't go higher. It's
2: like a Tyler Harrow.
1: Essentially, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, this, you know, those one-and-dones are really hard to evaluate, too, just because, you know, you only get a year of them, or, you know, in Wiseman's case, three games of them, so... <laughs> Mm-hmm. we really can't evaluate them until until later until later years there
1: yeah for sure
2: i want to say one guy who really intrigued me and i didn't do a lot of research on him but i definitely was kind of <laughs> hearing his name throughout and and kind of his story was i think his name's jay scrub it sounds so oh, yeah. it, it doesn't even sound like a real name it sounds like a like a twitch username or something <laughs> <laughs> but jay scrub who is a the juco player who you know had a an offer to Louisville, if I'm yes, if I'm yes. not mistaken, and decided to just forego that and go straight into the draft. I ended up getting drafted in the second round to the Clippers or somebody who traded to the Clippers. What's so enticing about like someone like Jay Scrub and <laughs> and you know what he can bring to to the Clippers?
1: So I don't actually know much about him. I I thought he was gonna go undrafted, and draft him, but I was gonna look into him as Same. a big three guy down the stretch. <laughs> like legit, he was on he was on my list, and I think he's twenty one. Though was a little bit of a few years, whatever. I don't know. I know he's like dominating essentially from a scoring standpoint. So I I, I just don't know too much <laughs> about him.
0: I don't think anybody does.
1: Yeah, that's like, the again, I know. except uh, the Clippers, I guess. I guess they got well and bad moles of wherever he played some Juco somewhere. Yeah, I'm wondering what
2: scouts <coughs> attended like his games or something. Like, maybe good there's... for him, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely right? and yeah. Good for the Juco scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right? Um, brought, up. brought up uh, Scrub as a big three guy. Do you? Who else is on that list? Who else are some guys who maybe went drafted or went undrafted who you think could be some big three targets because as we know you liam you and i and anthony as well we are the heads of the youth movement in the big three you (laughs) you got us on the train before anybody else you called it who are the guys who is this new wave of young talent that could be heading to the big
1: three and the first guy asked me who we highlighted a a few (laughs) months ago is miles powell yeah, it was undrafted. And he's he's one of the best scores we've seen in college basketball in the in the last few years uh, goes undrafted at the age of 23. <laughs> Crazy. That's and, that's the age, you know, the big three is looking at, too. Mm-hmm. So uh,
2: I was pretty shocked by that one, too. And I don't know if people were buying for his services or whatnot, but I felt like he signed a little <laughs> bit later than I expected him to. Who he signed with? He ended up signing a two-way with the Knicks, and I think that was earlier today. But I was a little surprised that he was one of the kind of the last guys, or I don't want to say the last guys, but middle <laughs> of the pack guys to sign um, a deal. You know, there are a lot of undrafted guys I like. You know, Killian Tilly, someone that I, I was really looking at. I thought could yeah. be a, a late second rounder there. Um, but yeah, I think Miles Powell has to be at the top of our radar. Is there anybody who? outside of just miles Powell who you think could make an impact in the league or maybe they sign a two way or an exhibit (laughs) 10 contract and it doesn't work out. And their next thought should be big three over maybe something like the G league.
1: Yeah. Somebody like Malik Fitz, I think he signed up the Clippers from St. Mary's. I think, I I don't know if his, his game is going to, I don't know if he'll be an NBA guy. I think that's somebody I look at for the big three in a few years. I'm not exactly what sure his age is. Uh, he had kind of a point season at St. Mary's, but he's re- he is really good. I don't know. Uh, that's the way I look at uh, Najee Marshall. I'm not sure if he signed with anybody. That's somebody uh, he and his teammate Tyreek Jones, who will Tyreek is 23 and Najee is going to be 23 shortly. Those are two guys I'd look at for a big three from Xavier. Uh, Najee's a do-it-all forward uh he's very clutch as evidenced by his his uh, performances in charleston for the charleston classic and a few games at, at xavier where he was in deep triples game on the line got some onions calls uh tyreek jones is a a gritty big man tough hard nosed. uh that hmm. I don't know. That's somebody, you know, big will need more of with youth and toughness as opposed to uh what what there is now, I guess. <laughs> it's it's not all uh it's not all hard nosed and uh athletic down there anymore. Uh Anthony Lamb from Vermont. I'm not sure when he turns 23, but that's uh under he's what six foot six, I believe, and he kind of played. Like the four at Vermont. Uh, he could score from anywhere. He's a big six foot six, I guess you could say. Works in the low post and, you know, he could stretch out. That I, I think he'd be a really intriguing big three piece. And then I'm not sure why, where Tyshawn Alexander from Craven signed, but that's another right here. That's another Big East guy that I'd keep an eye on.
2: He signed in Phoenix, and uh, Najee Marshall actually went, I guess, signed on with the Pelicans. So, Nice. A couple guys that have at least signed after being undrafted. (laughs) I would love, personally, for me, I'd love to see Marcus Howard in the Mm -hmm. big three. That's a big-time scorer with a lot of range, who I'm surprised. I I know he's like 5'11", but I'm kind of surprised just with how – guys with unlimited range have you know been more prioritized in the NBA went undrafted I thought he would at least go maybe (coughs) the last 10 picks there but he went undrafted and signed with the Denver Nuggets there who I feel like you know they're always the guys to kind of get those guys uh, players who can eventually develop or uh, have a lot of potential and talent or showed that and maybe aren't viewed as you know the next cream of the crop there but Marcus Howard would be someone who would definitely be a four-point king if he joined the big three.
1: For sure. I don't know why he doesn't get picked. Uh, my assumption is teams were worried that he's too ball dominant, which if you have a shooter like him, just simply move him off ball, let him sit in the corner, run around screens, whatever, and shoot off the catch. Like That's not that's not a hard thing to, to tell somebody. He getting picked in the 50s or whatever if he did get picked just he'll, he'll he'd want to play in the nba any way he could i don't know uh he's 21 though so we have to wait for him in the big three for a while but i mean that's a name to connect connect immediately with the uh fireball and all that
0: that's true
2: 100 yeah and one-on-one would be would be crazy what, what, what was up with Tilly? Tilly was a guy I felt like sophomore year, we're talking about potential lottery and then senior year with injuries and everything <laughs> undrafted. I mean, his injuries really that concerning?
1: My only thought is because I, I strictly believe that, or I believe that NBA teams just strictly draft based off potential for the most part. So I guess I think he's capped out and the injuries are going to, just sound back i guess i don't know i don't i don't know how you see a talent like killing until we go and draft it doesn't make sense either i really don't understand it <laughs> no like, a shooting big who yeah i don't get it
2: i'm playing on a, a winning gonzaga team for a long time i was pretty confused by that too
0: but that's why that's why i feel like if you're the big three if you're a league like this a platform like this and i feel i just feel like it's it's almost too easy of a connection bringing yeah. a guy like that who is, you know, if you think he's capped out on potential, then he's already going to come and he's going to make a difference on a big three team. For and sure. I feel like if it's not the big three, it's going to be the TBT or something like that. And I just feel like for, you know, whoever's going to reap the benefits of being the platform that allows, you know, Killian to come in and not only bring in the Gonzaga fan base with him, because he's been there for a long time. You know what I mean? He, he is enshrined. He is enrooted in that fan base and the Gonzaga fans, as you know, they travel well, that I know I'm not the most, you know, uh, crazy college basketball guys, but I know what Gonzaga is like. So, you know, I think the big three, you got to jump on guys like this. And I think that's a perfect example. You know, he would just be a fun guy to have in the league. Absolutely.
2: It'd be interesting down the road if, and this is really, maybe way further down, um, right now but it'd be interesting to see if you know maybe captains GMs, maybe big the big three in general had some kind of scout or went to the big three and and maybe your or went to the big three went to the nba draft when when that's a yeah. thing again and you know maybe looked for some of the undrafted guys and we're talking to them scouting them hey if you don't get drafted you can go to the nba or or Was ricky davis handing out his business card <laughs> <laughs> <didn't
0: make> <laughs> give me a call
2: Instead of the NBA. We, we, how would you, can, you like to be a ghost baller? <laughs> you can forge <laughs> your own path this way. <laughs> it, it'd be, it, it could be something fun to talk about down the road. I mean, guys are, seem to love, you know, forming their own path. I mean, I think R.J. Hampton is a good example. Someone who I feel like, well, I mean, and Mike Taylor, too, in the big three, those guys love talking about how they were the first to kind of do things. R.J. Hampton announcing on Get Up hey, I'm going to Australia to play. I'm not committing to any of these colleges. You know, Mike Taylor, we know him. He's very proud to be the first guy drafted from the D-League into the NBA. So it only takes one. It takes one guy That's to do that. And yeah. um, even with the, you know, maybe someone like Darius Baisley, who is like, oh, I'm going to the G-League. Oh, no, I'm just going to get a million dollar paid internship and, and then go to the NBA and get drafted in the first round. Um, so something to potentially look out for. Once the big three is back in session, and we'll see who some of these younger guys are within the uh, the big three there.
1: For sure. Hopefully, hopefully it's Miles Powell that uh, is the first to go straight to the big three, and then our trend.
0: I love it. Let's manifest it, Miles Powell. I love it. I love that we're putting a face. We're all about putting faces to movements. It was Carmelo Anthony last offseason. <laughs> now it's Tony Wade. Now the youth movement. It's Miles Powell. So let me, so I guess let's bring it full circle, Liam. I don't know if you've had the chance to see it, but one of the things that we've really been going with is our, from our friend Shaney2K is these big three pleas, where it's basically just like about a minute long segment where we address a specific player and give him all the reasons why he should join the big three. We've <laughs> done Dwayne Wade, we've done Isaiah Thomas, we've done Le'Angelo Ball. So in your opinion, besides Miles Powell, who should be, as soon as you tell me you're going to get off this interview and I'm going to call Shaney, who should be the <laughs> next subject of the big three plea? Who's the guy that there's just too many reasons that he should join the big three? Like
1: like a youth guy or? Definitely. I mean,
0: it, it definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. A youth okay. guy, yes.
2: We're talking youth movement here. We got yeah, to continue yeah, to, you yeah, know, yeah. ingrain yeah. that in listeners' heads, you know. Youth movement, youth movement, youth movement.
1: Can I use play? Miles Powell? <laughs>
0: If if you want to use it, Miles Powell, go ahead.
1: I'd, honestly, it'd be right now. I would be between Miles Powell for this or Tony Rowland, but he's he's older. Because <laughs> I, I I don't see how Tony Rowland doesn't join. He he needs to join. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's too many things that that connect for him to join and stuff like being cousins with uh, Nate Robinson and all that. And I how dirty the NBA did him.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, I, he just kind of fell off a cliff there. The NBA did him incredibly they dirty. did him
1: super dirty. He tears yeah. his ACL once, and then they throw him to the curb. Like, what? Is, what? <laughs> was, I don't understand this NBA. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. He played cool.
2: one game in the basketball tournament <laughs> there with the money team, but there was a lot of guys on there, and then we – our uh, friend of the show, Elmore and, and company, were able to make the comeback and knock them off. Although they were, you know, there were some highs and lows throughout that game for everybody. But you yeah, know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> some highs and lows. I love that. I love that that phrasing.
2: But nonetheless, Tony Rowan would be great. Miles Powell would be great. I want. I would like to see how Miles Powell sticks out. I think. Do you think the Knicks are a good fit for him? Just to, you know, obviously they're still doing some reconstructing. They just offloaded like, what, four, I think they have like 40 million in cap space now after offloading like four or five players today. So do you feel like Miles Powell is a good fit in, in New York there?
1: Uh, are the Knicks a good fit for anybody?
0: I knew you were going to say.
1: I'm being honest. I, I'm,
0: the,
2: I'm, I'm saying it more in the sense opportunity-wise. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right, is for someone who's undrafted or gets picked later in the and, and the draft is, like, how much opportunity do they have? What's, <laughs> what's their pathway up to, to playing time?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure that they have good opportunity for him. I'm really not aware of who's even on that roster, <laughs> like at guard and stuff. Uh, I don't know. I would assume that this is somebody that can make an impact. Is there going to be preseason this year?
2: Yeah, three or four like
1: games. games I think. Okay, so in preseason he could make an impact, and when fans are actually back in, in arenas, I mean, this is a—he's a New Jersey guy. He'll have a lot of fans in New York. Uh, I don't know how many CN Hall fans attend Knicks games, but they'd be, doing <laughs> hard for him too. There's a—he's a, a really loved in the basketball community too. He's got a ton of fans. From just players and yeah. uh, like just us in particular.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to say, I searched on Twitter
2: I, or I typed in Mal- Miles Powell's name, and there's so much just rave about him and how everyone was so confused how he didn't get drafted. And, uh, you know, we're talking about his Instagram story, how he's back in the gym today. I was going to tell you, <laughs> these are the guys on the Knicks roster. I'm going to try to dissect it because some of these guys were released or waived or whatever, declined team options. So, right now, uh, in terms of guards, the Knicks have R.J. Barrett, Jared Harper, Neely Kena, Emmanuel Quickly, and DSJ. So, it feels yeah, like I'm opportunities sure. there.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he could get some run. Definitely.
2: I think he could make an impact as well. It's... I feel
0: like that, that two-way is so tricky, though. I feel like yeah, the two-ways it's... never get as much run as they should.
1: Yeah, that was yeah. something I, I was talking about was the two-way contract and how I don't – such a cop-out from the NBA or something to, like, make it look like they care when they really don't. Two, two-way players just come up and they sit on the end of the bench when they play in the NBA, when they play. They sit on the end of the bench and then they get sent back to wherever their G League team is located. And then they go and they play there. And yeah, not- they just get called back up. They're just traveling back and forth, and they never actually get a chance.
0: I mean, at least in New York, it's like Westchester and Manhattan, so it's not <laughs> too bad. But I know, like, you look at, like, Miami. Isn't Miami's G League team in, like, South Dakota or something? Yeah,
2: Sioux Falls, I think. So,
0: like, can you imagine hey. a two-way for that? Traveling between South Dakota and Miami? Yeah. Like that's a huge, that's just a huge Yuck. disadvantage
1: for them. A huge cultural difference and I mean, awful flight.
2: Yeah. Who wants to go? Like, no offense to anybody from South Dakota, but who's no one's just, no one's like, oh yeah, let's take and a family to trip South Dakota, to South Dakota. You're not Dakota.
0: going back and forth to Florida. Especially
2: to Miami. Florida. That's just
0: how it is? That's just how it is.
2: And I want to say too, no one gets like the the Quinn Cook opportunity. You know, I mean, Quinn Cook really benefit was like the one guy that comes to mind that really benefited from the two way. And, you know, he won a couple championships at the <laughs> end of the bench there and then played in, a, um, you know, a few finals, but look at where he is now. I mean, he just got laid by the Lakers. So it's hard yeah. to make like that,
0: that time count when it's so limited. The only made a three since Kobe.
1: That opportunity really is so rare though with two way players. Uh, the Lakers had Zach Norvell and I thought he, I, kept asking my Laker friends if like he was ever gonna get a shot and he never did and I think they just rid of him
2: yeah that's Chris somebody Bouch-
1: I'll look at for a big three in a year
2: Chris Boucher I was wondering was he a, was he a two-way guy or was he just uh, exceptional so. in the the Raptors I'm sure he was or... a
1: two-way guy
2: okay. maybe another guy that benefited was Kenny
1: but... Wooden a two-way guy I think I know so. he got cut today or whatever so that was tough I like he was cut literally. from the Knicks. Yeah. Oh wow. So.
2: Gosh, this Knicks roster. I mean,
1: I'm looking at ESPN here, but looking a lot <laughs> different. Did Did Mitchell Robinson ever get run in the G League, or is he always? I think he's always been in the NBA. I think he's always
2: been with the Knicks since he's been drafted.
1: Nice. All right,
0: so let's wrap it up here, Liam. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate all these basketball insight and this talk. I sort of want to wrap it up with a question that isn't really related to basketball. After you came on for the first time, I discovered something about you that I think is pretty significant. And if, I, if this was about me, I would probably be telling everybody, so props to you for not waving this in everybody's face. <laughs> Your father was a writer and producer on Boy Meets World, yep (laughs) first of all yeah that's that's really cool like that's like like that's genuinely super
2: cool one show i watched a lot growing up
0: how how has your household reacted or even if you're even aware to all to this recent resurgence of boy meets girl and or boy meets world and girl meets world sort of these memes and tiktoks have you seen these
1: i have not i don't have a tiktok (laughs) no
0: these are hilarious it's basically this trend where people pretend to be background characters in like girl meets world so there'll be like the kid like sitting in class like taking notes and then like the main characters start like yelling about like something and they'll just be like reacting to
1: stuff (laughs) i haven't (laughs) seen that i'll show my dad though
0: i think that they're very funny i think you get a kick out of it and then the other thing that I selfishly wanted to tell you is this. Oh my um, I'm I'm You're making of, your own plea right now. I'm sort of this is my plea. i <laughs> sort I sort of, I have a couple of ideas for a television pilot that I would love to run by you and maybe you tell me what the likelihood of this getting off the ground is.
1: All right.
0: All right so this is this is the big one. Okay, this is a million dollar idea. What what are the most successful things in Hollywood right now? It's it's taking things that were meant originally for children, and making them for adults, right? We've seen it in Star Wars. The Mandalorian is doing fantastic right now. There's going to be a new, highly anticipated episode coming out tomorrow morning that I can't wait for. Uh, this new Shark Boy and Lava Girl thing is coming really? out. Yes, it's, it's the Shark Boy <laughs> and Lava Girl. Uh, Still boy there. and girl. They're not a man and woman. Well, now they're man song. and woman. Now they're oh, man well. and woman. So it's, it's Shark Man, Lava Woman. <laughs> It doesn't sound as good.
2: Um, no, it so- does
0: <laughs> So I'm thinking, what is what is the next big children's franchise that we have to make gritty and tough and appealing for adults? Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just like an animal fight club, but they're shooting like you know fire and and rockets and you know electricity at each other. I'm thinking, you know, a weekly series, sort of like the Mandalorian, only instead of a guy going around with a baby Yoda, maybe he's going around with like a Jigglypuff or something. And he's just, you know, kicking ass and taking names.
2: Didn't we so already do like, like Detective Pikachu, wasn't that? I guess Detective
0: Pikachu, first of all, I love Detective Pikachu, and but it was made for children. You know, <laughs> it's that is true. this is the adult, adult
2: version. This okay.
0: is the adult. This isn't your little brother's Pokemon. <laughs> this yeah, is, why this not?
1: is this
0: is a this is a you know we, we pan in on a nice peaceful village right in, in the meadow and then all of a sudden a Charizard comes raining down hellfire and you know everyone's running grabbing clutching their children houses are burning to the ground and it's real life consequences to this
1: my gosh. Yeah, yeah, we they need to uh get started on that. You should uh
0: <laughs> just
2: get, all four, <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, let's get, go. It's happening. Get in touch with somebody and uh get started. You you know what our, our generation would be very hyped for something like that.
0: Yes,
2: who's starring right.
1: Ash Ketchum?
0: No, Ash isn't in this, it's, it's, it's okay. all OCs. It's all OCs. OCs oh, do not copy,
2: so there's no gym leaders anymore, it's just. Pokemon turning well, on so humans. So that's the
0: other thing. I'm thinking maybe gym leader, gym leaders could be like, you know, like warlords. You know, <laughs> you got to go and like beat all of them or something like that, you know? It's happening. Every, every, I mean, you can't every... tell me this isn't a good idea.
2: No, I, don't, I, don't.
1: No, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I,
0: love, I, love, <laughs> I love that Liam is like, he's laughing at this, but he's also like, you know? This,
1: this is kind no, of I actually idea. like I
2: actually <laughs> like it. He's like, oh, he's
1: really pitching this idea. Yeah, no, it's a good idea, though, Will. It is. Pokemon's dope. Yeah. And and there's just like so many shows on now that just aren't good, and this could actually be good.
0: This, this, I think this has the, you know, I mean, could you imagine like, you know, Ash could definitely be in the show, right? Ash is like going to be how, like an old man now, right? Or like, like maybe oh my an older God, gentleman. Exactly, exactly like what it is. Like how like Bo-Katan was in the last Mandalorian and everyone freaked out. Could you imagine <laughs> if like the main character just runs into like an old like begrudging Ash?
1: Like the end of season one, the cliffhanger. Yeah.
0: He's in a graveyard and he just sees one grave marked like Pikachu, which is an old man sitting there sobbing. No, I love it. it. He turns around, he has the little hat, he turns around, he has the hat on, (laughs) and then
2: fades to black. I think it's great. I think Liam loves it too.
0: (laughs) I have the entire first season.
2: Stop. So stop. (laughs) All (laughs) right.
0: Whenever you're ready.
2: (laughs) So I think the two things that two takeaways from this episode, as we kind of wrap things up here. One, we're the big three youth movement. This is the trio. And two. The, the next great Pokemon movie will be b- made by the three people here. It'll be real life, involve real life scenarios, um, outside of Charizard attacking the city and, and people clutching their kids, just to make sure that he doesn't <laughs> burn them to death. Um, so I think those are the two biggest takeaways um, outside. Who cares about the NBA draft? We got the new Pokemon movie coming to theaters. Uh, um,
0: it's a weekly not- show actually.
2: <laughs> a weekly show, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, Liam, as always, we appreciate your insight on college basketball players and NBA draft insight. Um, this was fun. Something we'll definitely have to uh, check in, in during the midseason of the NBA and see how some of these guys are doing or where some of these guys are at that maybe signed these two ways and, and short contracts here.
1: But We appreciate your time. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir.